What's up, everybody? You already know it's your girl, Tanea, and I'm here on behalf of Surreal Self-Defense. You can find me online on Instagram, Facebook, and my beautiful website. That's SurrealSelfDefense.com. If, ladies, if you're looking for some firearm training, some self-defense training, look no further. I got you. All right. Travel. Um, we can do it online. However, we need to do this. Just reach out. I got info at self, uh, excuse me, info at surrealselfdefense.com is the email, or you can hit me up on my website, surrealselfdefense.com. So let's get trained and don't forget, continue to listen to Rebuke Radio. This is the last episode for the year 2020, and I'd like to thank everyone for your support for the podcast first year, and I'm looking forward to doing many more. Once again, you please continue to support my uh, podcast by sharing it, signing up for the monthly subscription from $0.99 cents per month up to $9.99 per month, or you can donate funds to my cash app, that is uh, dollar sign R-E-B-U-K-E-E-06. That is dollar sign R-E-B-U-K-E-E-06. Uh, on episode 28, I had Coach Sam and pistol instructor Tommy talk, to, talk about the black people taking self-defense courses and our readiness as a people if a race war was to break out during the racial tensions that are going on uh, in America. They kind of died down a slight bit since Biden has been uh, voted into office, but that's not that's not a reason for us to let our guard down. But I tried to get a woman pistol instructor on the show. She couldn't come on. A family emergency came. I tried to get get her once again. Um, no avail. Then my frat brother introduced me to this wonderful woman that we have on the show today. Today, And I'd like to thank Tanea for coming on the show on behalf of Black women and self-defense. That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you. So now the, the, so the name of this show, everyone, is called BWAR, Black Woman Armed and Ready. Well, okay. Okay, so let's get started. Tanea, um, we talked before the show. So based on our conversation, you had over seven years of martial arts and firearm training. Why did you decide to take up self-defense and what made you want to teach others, especially black women? Well, um, the world that we live in today 
maybe new to some, but for the rest of us, you know, we've, we've already seen what goes on out here, whether it's racial, where well, I lived in Memphis. So, you know, whether it's just a lot of crime driven, you know, environment, um, you just have to be prepared, male, female, whoever, but the ladies were out here we're single or we're single moms, you know, uh, we are the protectors in our homes or we are the protectors of ourselves. So we have to be ready. And so I recognize, you know, being a mother out here again, especially once I went to Memphis, um, it'll wake you up. It'll shake some things up. And you oh, know, indeed, indeed. I had to, and, and it's not even just about, um, knowing how to fight, like that's definitely part of it, or being trained to defend yourself. But it's also about the mindset, you know, situational awareness and conflict avoidance. Um, doing, stop doing private things in public. You know, when the phones came out, smartphones came out, that changed the game. You know, it it, it upped it, Annie, for criminals because we are so off guard all the time. So. For me personally, um, once I I have three children, once I got to child number two and still was um, home alone, I was like, I need to be able to handle business for me and mine, you know, if necessary. So, um, but it was a gradual. I started training in um, empty hand self-defense. So more hands-on, you know, using your body as a weapon. And then over time, started training with weapons. Okay, great. So what made you want to teach others, especially black women? Um, the number one reason was um, the attitude that I hear towards why black women don't own a firearm or want to have a firearm in the house or have possession of it. And it's because, you know, we like, oh, we be going off, you know, we be snapping, you know, I don't have the right attitude for that. And that's not a lie. It's not for everybody, but um, it made me say I was I had a snappy attitude. My temper wasn't the best. You know, I was one to pop off real quick, get in my feelings, my emotions and, and react from an emotional state. Um, so I felt the same way about firearms and having a gun because I'm like, I mess with you, somebody, you know, or some petty stuff. Um, and so I began to hear that a lot um, with women. Um, especially black women. And so as I evolved and started studying in the martial arts and um, training and becoming more familiar with firearms and other weapons, it calmed me down. And so, you know, and it changed my mindset because, um, you know, once you add weapons to things, especially like that's a whole different ball game in the legal world. So we don't want to go to jail out here. Um, so I wanted to be able to show my transformation to other women that, okay, you know, well then we got some things to work on and that's cool. We can work on our attitudes and then we can work our way to firearms, you know, if that's the end game. But even in between time, Let's use some of that aggression in boxing. Let's some use some of that aggression in jujitsu. Let's use some of that aggression in judo, you know, um, and work, you know, because that's working on your discipline, especially of your emotions. So um, I feel like it's to give back. It's to pay it forward. Like I, I fought through my demons <laughs> to get to a, a calmer state where I can be a responsible firearms, uh, you know, concealed carrier 
or that even the knowledge that I learned um, using my hands, my feet, my forehead, whatever, my body as a weapon, doing that in my right mind, you know? So I want to pass that on to the sisters. Oh, great, great, great. Now I'm going to go to this next one. No, racial tensions in America were at an all-time high. Although Biden has been voted president, have you noticed an increase in black women requesting training in martial arts and pistol training? I'll be honest. In the thick of the election, um, you know, everything building up to it, especially the debates were going once the primary passed and we know it was a Biden-Trump race, um, it did. <clears throat> Black women were, you know, wanting to get trained, wanting to get trained. But I'll be honest, and I was disappointed. It was more like a trend. It was the trendy thing to do than... I need this because I really need to be able to protect my family. Um, because a lot of the requests were I wanted before the election. Um, and after the election, the requests have dwindled down. And so it's like you're back comfortable and you shouldn't be. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that, that one um, change of power per se is not changing racism. You know what I mean? It's not changing um, the plans of those that have a plan to get out here and act a fool. And and we can take racism out of it as well. Let's just talk criminal activity. You know, let's just talk because of the pandemic, um, people are stuck in the house with their abusers. You know what I mean? Let's, mm. let's, let's not think about mm. people you don't know. That's why I always tell people with this self-defense game, we so prepared for somebody to jump out the bushes, but you're not prepared for that person laying next to you that's putting their hands on you. And they might just be starting off verbally abusing you right now. And now that's going to turn into something else. Or even for our youth, schools are at home now, virtual learning. Um, they're at home with their abusers. Oh. School was their getaway school was their time out from their abuser now they're stuck in the house with their abuser so what has gone up is domestic violence cases with women has gone up because of the pandemic i don't know about the election but i can tell you about this pandemic has changed that game of that in-home abuse and that's what we don't want to talk about see when we talk about self-defense we like to talk about you know the 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 known enemy. You know, not the secret enemy that that a lot of women don't talk about. Mm, you and touched on two episodes I already done before. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, yeah I might have to bring you back if I do a part two then. Yeah. Uh, but so. but back to the original question. Um, there was leading up to the election, but once. Um, this um, illusion of this change of power has mm -hmm. gone into place. Yes, they're they're being rocked back to sleep. Um, so I'm gonna ask this same question, ask you the same question I asked Coach Sam and uh, Tommy. If it was a racial war to break out, you think black, you know, not just black women, black people in the whole, as a whole, are we ready? Um. The circle that I run in, yes. <laughs> the circle that the majority of Black people run in, hell no. Um, 
you know, there is an increase in weapon sales and black people are included in that increase. Black people are buying um, firearms at a higher rate than before, but we're not trained um, properly in that firearm use. So a lot of black people are targets. You know, if something were to pop off, I'm just coming to kick in your door to get your guns. Like, you know, we're still doing silly stuff. Like, because of my business, yes, I post guns online and me shooting and things like that. But you have people that are doing that more for show still. And all I mean, if I was a criminal-minded person, I just know whose door to kick in first. If <laughs> some stuff go down, you know, like, because you don't know how to use that. You know, we're not... Um, the type of training that is going on out here uh, for who we're looking at to be the enemy or, you know, what white supremacists are out here, nationalists, what they're out here training compared to what we're out here training. We're out here shooting a piece of paper and they out here rolling in the grass and, you know, shooting off their back and prepping and, you know, camping and, and buying body shields and all kind of wild stuff. And we're buying ammo and firearms and targets, and we're going and shooting pieces of paper. And we think that's training. Oh, man. Man, man, man. I wish I had you on episode 28 then. But it's all good. We got you now. See, dropping gems. That's what I like. That's what I like. Um, I think you already answered this question in the previous question. Um but I'm uh, why why do you think black women in the pe- in the past were so slow on purchasing guns and receiving trading you said something to the fact that um the perception negative perception of black women and their stereotypes is there anything else is any reason why you think women were black women were slow to buying guns maybe fear of buying that uh, of holding a gun or, mm-hmm. or or something to that effect yeah just lack of knowledge. What am I going to do with this? Um, If you weren't raised in a home, you know, that has firearms in it, or you didn't have that father figure or um, somebody that taught you about firearms, that's really not something one goes and pursues on their own. You know what I mean? Like even myself, uh, my story, the way I, my first a firearm that I had was gifted to me because of an issue I had with a neighbor and it was escalating and a friend took me to the gun range. He taught me how to shoot and he purchased me a firearm and he continued teaching me how to use it uh, for months. And then once he stopped, I just picked up and started going to somebody on my own. Um, but I know my motivation was I had an immediate, urgent threat going on. You know what I mean? Like Mm. this possibility was close to home. This wasn't no, what if this was, this could happen any moment. It was getting that ugly. So, you know, that was my intro to firearms. So even prior to that, that was after I moved from Memphis. Like I laugh now, cause I'm like, I can't believe I was in Memphis. Single mom, you know, had a house, all that stuff by myself and didn't even think to have a firearm. And I, I wasn't fearful. I wasn't living in fear. And my self-defense instructor, JC, she got one thing he says is, um, he always says, you know, we, we will fight 
it's not that we know how or can or have been properly trained, but we just get into situations where we will defend ourselves, you know? So if you already have that will and that need and that desire to survive, that's good. That's a good first step. So now if we add training to that, you're good, you know, because most of your training is going to be strategizing. How, First of all, how do I avoid this to begin with? You know, is there any way just out of this situation, period, where I can avoid the conflict? The conflict. So you have, it, we call it AED, avoid, escape, defend. So your first choice is always to de- avoid the situation, the conflict. If you can't avoid it, then you try to escape it. And if you can't escape it, then you defend it. You defend your spot, you defend your life. But when you when you get to defend, you commit it 100%. Once we go in self-defense mode, we in there. You know, we fighting to, if it means to the death of you <laughs> for the life of me, then that's just what it is. But that's the mentality. Um, and I wasn't thinking like that on my own. I was, uh, my trainer always talk about me and laugh at me because I was one of those people, if confrontation came to me, I'm taking it head up. I'm, we, we, then we confrontational, <laughs> you know, where now I'm walking around with firearms on me. I don't have time to be confrontational with you. You know, if this is not a life or death situation, if you are not threatening my life or the life of my loved ones, then I can walk away. You can talk crazy over there because um, the consequences that come with me pulling out my firearm, whether I'm right or wrong, it's a lot that comes with that. And we don't think that far ahead. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Indeed. We get our gun, we get our carry concealed, we walking around strapped. And so now we just think anybody can get it. And now you find yourself in a confrontation and instead of being the innocent bystander backing away and trying to avoid it you're being just as aggressive say you end up pulling that firearm out you end up shooting somebody they don't even have to die hey you pull that weapon out you're going to court court is in your future (laughs) so you're going to stand before a judge and talk about why you pulled this gun out you know so do you have a lawyer you know, do you have something on retainer? Do you have money in the bank for shit like that? Or sorry for cussing, but no, you're good. You know you're what good. I mean? Like we're not thinking that far ahead, but we walking around. A lot of people end up in court about a firearm and hadn't even pulled it out on nobody. So, you know, that's what it's like. Things like that we have to think about. There's a huge responsibility that comes with walking around with a firearm on you, you know, attached to your person whether you pull it out or not. You could be minding your business and you you at the grocery store and you reaching for something and somebody who's not minding their business sees it, now they on the phone. You know, now they calling the police. Oh, it's a black girl in here with a gun and she on the phone and she's talking kind of loud. I don't know what's going on, you know. And you just in your own little world. I don't remember the young man's name. You know, he was in Walmart just messing around with the BB guns. Mm, yeah. And somebody called the police. Manager called the police and they came in there and killed that man. Rest in peace. So, right. So as a black person, whether you're lawfully carrying that firearm or not, we're still in a whole different ball game. Indeed. We're walking around with that. Yeah. You know, so yeah, that's when- that. Go ahead. Oh, my bad. Go ahead. Um, I was just gonna say that um, when I when I bought mines, well, 
my dad purchased mine and when I was in Detroit, Michigan. And Detroit, Michigan, I mean Memphis is just a baby Detroit. So yes, um <laughs> so um and like you said, man, it's it's a lot of responsibility when you carry in that that pistol. I had a nine millimeter and I had to wear I wear I wore blazers to hide it because it was big and uh I didn't want nobody to know I had it and like you said although you have the gun you can't be like tupac off juice and trying to start stuff you know what i mean exactly because you're in a different bracket even though you lawfully may be uh correct to, uh, to have that gun or to uh, defend yourself like you said do you have the ends to to come with that court that lawyer and all that so this yeah with black people we got to think twice even if we in the wrong in the right yep we we know we live by a different set of rules and we have to but first of all we have to know the rules you know we're going out and becoming gun owners and don't know the rules you know you traveling around with that firearm you got to know that when i'm in tennessee you know yes i have to know i don't have to notify the police if they pull me over that i have a firearm on me that i'm a carry you know i have a carry permit that's i don't have to but if i'm in south carolina I do, you know, I better tell that police. So it's like, because I have my carry concealed permit and I got it in Tennessee and it has reciprocity. And yes, South Carolina is a state that reciprocates with Tennessee, but that doesn't mean Tennessee laws carry over to South Carolina. That's saying, uh, you can carry your pistol in South Carolina, but you better know the rules of South Carolina when you do, you know, and that's in the classes that I teach. That's the type of stuff we're talking about. Like, yeah, I'm going to teach you how to shoot that piece of paper. I'm going to teach you how to hold the firearm properly. I'm going to teach you the safety rules that go. I'm going to teach you how to load your I'm going to teach you all of that. But there's other class we're going to talk about, these laws that come with carrying this firearm. You know, we're going to talk about um, scenarios that, you know, fighting with a, with a firearm on you. Because if, I, if I'm beefing with Marcus and Marcus smacked me, and just because I have a gun, I can't pull my gun out on Marcus and shoot him because he slapped me. Now I got to square up with Marcus and me and Marcus about to fight. <laughs> you know, or I got to call the police and he's about to catch an assault charge. But I cannot pull out that gun and shoot Marcus for slapping me. Mm-hmm. I can't. That's not, it's it's called, you know, the that force. You can't, you know, you you can bring a gun to a knife fight if you want to, you know, but there's there's rules against that. Um, in self defense, and let me say this, I'm, I'm an attorney, but it's stuff you can Google. Um, Google like the five elements of self defense. If you attack me, and you know, say you coming at me with a knife, I pull out my gun, I shoot you. All right, and everybody's gonna look at that and be like, man, you know, hey, he was trying to stab her. But when we go to court, my attorney and myself, we have to go before the judge, before court even starts pre-trial stuff to ask to use self-defense as a case, you know, as a defense. And there's five things, criteria that you have to meet and no cannot be the answer for any of those five things. And if that one of those five things didn't play out for you, then you cannot use self-defense as your defense. And the first thing you have to do when you're even asking permission to use this for your case is you have to admit that you killed this person intentionally or you 
uh, deem deadly force on them, whether they died or not, intentionally. Like, yes, I shot this person. I meant to shoot them because I feared for my life. That's what you're saying. But now I may forget one of them, but I know one of them. The first thing is you have to be innocent. Like you cannot have provoked this fight, you know, at any circumstances, at any point in it. If the person started it, Marcus is coming, he talking crazy to me, telling me what he going to do. And I'm like, hey, I don't want no problems. And he still wants some problems. And he pushed me and I push him back. And then he say, you know what? I don't even want to fight you. And he turned around. I can't go after him, start fighting him. You know, now I'm the aggressor. Doesn't matter that he started. He's walking away. This problem is over. So in that situation, you can't come off as the aggressor. The other one is the threat has to be imminent meaning urgent is happening right now. Again, same scenario. Once he walks away, unless he walking to get his to his trunk to get a gun to shoot you, and I got to wait till he even play all that out. I can't just say, man, I assumed he had a gun in the trunk. I would have to wait for him to do all that before we could get some action. And again, the court might look at you and say, well, okay, well, why he was walking to the trunk? Why you didn't get in your car and leave? Why did you stand there and wait to see what he was going to do? So, you know, they the prosecutor is there to prosecute. <laughs> They're not there to play with you. But again, this is before prosecution even starts. Another one is going to be, was it avoidable? So, you know, some states we have stand your ground. You know, Castle Doctrine. That's what got that bitch-ass George Zimmerman off in Florida, even though... Um, we know and we know as black people those rules are different I should have looked up the young man name there's a really young man he would uh, black dude think he was with his girlfriend they driving around some white boys came at him I think he maybe hit him with his car maybe he shot him something like that and he was self-defense and he said I was standing my ground and now of course like well nah that doesn't fit understand your ground it never does for black people very seldom you know what I mean so just because those laws are in the book doesn't mean we get to use them and take advantage of them we still deal with that so again you're black you're carrying a firearm back to one of your original questions racism is high you get in some white people come and they they you know they bothering you well However this scenario plays out, if you end up pulling your gun out, shooting one of them, or you end up beating the brakes off of one of them, this three out of the five I just gave you for self-defense, even claim self-defense, all these things have to be met. One of them is reasonable. How you reacted in that situation, you got 12 people looking at you, a jury. Would a reasonable person have reacted the same way? You know, and I know that I can't think of what it is, but just out of those four that I named, if any of those they say, nah, you didn't meet the criteria, it's a wrap. You can't use self-defense. And guess what you already did in the beginning? You admitted that you intentionally killed somebody. Mm. And now you can't even use self-defense as a defense. But when you don't know the rules to the game, you know what I mean? We sitting up here, I'm in an aggressive situation, and the white boy's coming at me, he's talking crazy, and I tell him, you take one more step to me, I'll kill your bitch ass. And I end up killing him. Guess what in court they gonna bring up? Well, when it, before it even got really started, he didn't think you already told him you was gonna kill him. So murder was on your mind 
before the incident really even got started good. And now you like, but coming at me crazy. Right. And then you came back at them crazy. And now you look just as aggressive as they do. And that's how it's going to look in court. And that's the type of stuff in our classes we talk about. Mm. Real life. And how does this play out past bang, bang? Because now the police are on the way. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I appreciate you dropping them gems, right? Because it's more than just purchasing a gun and getting training. You got to know the laws as well. Let me go ahead and go to this next question. And I've been hearing this for a while. And, you know, it's kind of disturbing, but I'm going to ask it anyway. I hear a lot of black women stating that they cannot rely on black men or that black men don't protect don't protect the black women do you believe that and do you believe that is one of the reasons why black women are taking more pistol training i believe there is some truth to that um it's not everyone's truth um unfortunately it's the narrative that's playing out in the black community um we have our challenges protection is one you know protecting the family protecting the community um now because of the business that i'm in it's marinated so i actually have the pleasure of being around the black men that are about protecting their families protecting the community um wanting the black woman to be trained wanting the black woman to be protected so i am fortunate to get to see that side of it um but i do hear um the chatter and see the media um and the propaganda that you know constantly puts this this narrative out that the black man has no interest in protecting um the black woman Um, So, again, through my business, through my associations, and even through the videos and the pictures that we put out, it's intentional to show the opposite. Um, I have a lot of Black men uh, that are trainers, martial artists, firearm instructors that I invite to my classes to co-teach with me um, to start trying to bridge bridge that gap and that um, myth um, that you know, that the black man is not interested in helping um, to train or even to be the protector. Um, Also, to help women get past, I think it's a beautiful thing that women want to be trained by women. Hey, it's helping for my business. But um, there are so many experienced black men out here in this business that do this. Um, that we have to take advantage of it. And because there are so many Black women going out here purchasing firearms, we're leading the way right now. And, you know, we're number one in purchasing firearms. Um, Sisters, y'all have to... I'm trying to help you gain some trust with these Black men that do this. Um, I'm bringing them to my classes and introducing them and are showing me training with them so that this trust can build back up in the community uh, because, man, we have some amazing male, black male instructors in this game, and I would hate for our community, especially our black women, to miss out training because of these narratives that have been pushed. Or just even that narrative of when you see a black man with a gun, it equals violence, you know? Um, Like, nah, it's a lot of brothers out here 
that's on this protector game that's training you know if you recall like I said my story it was a black man that um made sure I was straight when I told him what was going on with my neighbor it was like hey I'm taking you to the range and he he purchased a gun for me so um I can't buy into it so you know I understand what's being said out there I hear it um my environment and my circle that's not the case uh, that's truly beautiful to hear that from you, you know, because, you know, like you said, the narrative about black men um, for not just for the past few years, but for decades, even a century has been negative. And that's why I created this podcast called Rebuke Reestablishing Black Unity. So that's the that's a beautiful yes. thing that you're you're building unity between the black man and the black woman. I truly I, I truly uh, appreciate that. Uh, this question is not on the list, but I'm going to ask it anyway. So, but you prepared. Um, you came down to Alabama to start an organization. Can you t- elaborate, uh, or a club or a chapter of this organization? Can you elaborate about that chapter and what and what's its purpose? Okay, um, I spoke on behalf of with us the Rocket City Gun Club, which is a black gun club out of. Huntsville, um, and they are a part of NAGA, which is the National African American Gun Association. Um, it started in Atlanta, Georgia, um, its first chapter, but now it's like 126 chapters across the nation. So it's a Black Gun um, Association. Uh, they, Phil Smith is the president um, and founder. And they, when they started it, I say, y'all have to Google the year, but maybe it's like 2014-ish, 2016-ish, something like that. Um, But they weren't looking to do anything big, just get some, you know, black folks together to, um, you know, work their rights. They, I won't say they dabble in the politics, but uh, wanting to help um, people that have lost their right to get those rights back. Um, so when there's things like uh, that go on that the NRA aren't going to speak up on our behalf, NAGA is going to speak up on our behalf. So it grew into this big, beautiful nationwide organization. Like I said, it's over about 126 chapters nationwide. Um, and so Huntsville just started one. So I was able to go down there and just speak and let them know. Um, I'm also a training counselor uh, for the USCCA. So I certify firearm instructors. So I went to speak on that and some of those opportunities. Um, How can I help be a part of this to get our community trained? So yes, so NAGA is something you can Google. That's N-A-A-G-A, National African American Gun Association. And in Tennessee, uh, myself and some other peers are starting a chapter as well of NAGA. So we'll be the Middle Tennessee Black Gun Club. So we'll have Nashville, Soda, Murfreesboro, and all the little small surrounding towns. Um, and looking forward to it. Uh, it lets me use my activist side and voice um, and be more specific to the Black community when it comes to these guns where, you know, my business, I'm definitely um, catering to Black women, but it's, um, I also do some corporate stuff. You know, it's not just for Black people. Um, So I feel like the gun club side of it allows it to be that, all right, this is for our community, you know, 
Um, so that's what, so Alabama, they have a couple of uh, NAGA chapters. They got the Orange City chapter in Birmingham. Um, shout out to Keith Gerald, who's the president. Um, Trent, I believe his last name is Sheldon. I don't want to say it wrong, but I think it's Trent Sheldon is the chapter president for the Huntsville chapter. So yeah, so Alabama has, uh, what I say, Rocket City Gun Club is the Huntsville chapter of NAGA. And then you have the Iron City Gun Club, which is the Birmingham chapter of NAGA. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Now here's the last question. What advice do you have based on your experience? What advice do you want to give to black women when it comes to self-defense? That's what your your martial arts background and firearms training. What advice do you want to give to black women when they want to for somebody that's starting out and want to get want to learn how to protect themselves and their family? Okay. I would say um there's no time like now to get started. Um, but what you definitely want to remember is my tag for surreal self-defense is that self-defense is self-love in action. Um, as women, we focus on our self-image, you know, self-respect, self-discipline. It's all these selves, but we very seldom think about self-defense. Um, the same way you invest in your beauty is the same way you need to invest invest in the defense of your beauty um don't don't go out here and make yourself all pretty inside and out and make yourself a target you know what i mean for somebody to to pounce on you you know um it's a beautiful thing being feminine it's a beautiful thing being delicate you know like a flower but sometimes you gotta be a venus flytrap out here you know we it's time to be cute and it's a time to protect yourself you know so um and black women are on the rise in corporate america and entrepreneurship um and politics you know, you name it. So we're steady more being pushed out onto the forefront. We have to be able to to protect ourselves because we're we're a walking target. You know, you're one of the most beautiful creatures out here on the planet. Um, one of the most intelligent, and so and one of the most hated. So you know, we have to be ready and prepared for everything. So to my black women, I would say, get started. You know, if it's a training on some pepper spray, get your girlfriends together, go to YouTube even and look up self-defense, simple self-defense techniques. Um, what we like to do is start off with practical things, you know. Um, what what situation are you more than likely to be in? Um, and a lot of times that's on the ground and you're not going to want to do that groundwork, but that's, that's really not instinctual. I'm going to tell y'all that now. That's not a natural response being forced on the ground and somebody's in between your legs and they got you down and they're heavier than you you don't naturally know how to get out of that you have to train for stuff like that so you know I um start with your daughters like for real on the women's side of it our teenagers are dealing with verbal abuse as they're dating these little boys are you know um venturing out here trying to be in relationships and they're being verbally abused or you know pushed upside the head things that they don't think are a big deal but what they don't know is they're setting themselves up to put up with other things down the road 
So, um, you know, that's that's a big area we don't think about, but we really need to start with our children and get our children involved. Less basketball and football, more martial arts, man. Like it's gonna help them all the way around and no diss to the other sports, but long-term, what basketball can do for your child when they're 25 versus what martial arts can do for your child when they're 25, huge difference. We're talking about self-discipline, self-respect, the confidence, knowing they can take care of themselves. So that's gonna give you some ease of mind when you're sending them out here in the world. You know they're being taught to be aware. And this is something that's building for time and something that they can continue to do. So even health-wise, it's just, it's good, a good workout. You know, it's good for your mental, your physical, your spirit. Um, so, you know, take advantage with me. Y'all out here spending this money. Let's just redirect it to something that's going to benefit you and your family more. Thank you. Thank you, Tanea. I truly appreciate your your knowledge and wisdom on this show. Um, I have nothing to add. I just, I'm just glad I have a woman black woman to speak on a woman's black women's perspective when it comes to martial arts and self-defense and during these times. And I like to, I want like to add a one, one piece. Um, I, like you said, I'm noticing that, you know, the protesting and all that is dying down all because, uh, Joe Biden has, uh, been elected, uh, president, but black women, Please, and black men, please don't let your guard down. If you're going to be buying all these guns, we need to go ahead and continuously learn how to train, continuously train and learn how to use these guns properly. That's including me. I bought me a nice AR-15 for these fools if they want to do something crazy, but I haven't used it yet. So I am going to try to use it this weekend at a shooting range, whatever. And, and hopefully we can reach out and y'all if y'all like the episode you like Tanea and y'all say oh who, who's that and we need her down here hey reach out and I'll call Tanea and we'll we bring her down here and she'll she'll show you know, of course with a fee you know she gotta pay the bills and she got kids to feed but uh We'll, we'll we'll bring these individuals out here to learn together as a as a community to protect ourselves. That's all I have to say. Once again, thank you, Tanea, for coming on the show, uh, giving your us your knowledge and wisdom, especially for the black women, because we need our black women on this earth. Like you said, we're, they're beautiful and educated and uh, and intelligent, and we need them to learn how to protect themselves as well. Um, y'all already know before I leave the show. I always leave you with my slogan that is knowledge is power economic freedom is salvation but if you put the two together we can build a great nation now you're listening to rebuke and this is marcus and talk to you soon peace, peace.